The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation Thanks to you, we're living free We're a quilt of many colors And we breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country And America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is February 4th, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray. And good morning, Linda. Hope you didn't good have morning, to Good shov- morning, Gary. How are you today? Good, good. You didn't have to shovel all weekend, did you? Actually, it was 52 on Sunday, 52. so no shoveling necessary at all. <laughs> all right. You know, we have a great group of guests with us today. We have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army, retired. Staff Sergeant Charles Eggleston, U.S. Army, retired. Jerry Black, Director of the Veterans Support Center of America. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. You know, we also have our celebrities with us this morning. We have two determined vets, Anthony Anderson and Tom Voss, that just completed a 2,700-mile walk from Milwaukee to L.A. That's right. They actually crossed that finish line last Saturday, February 1st, and they're on their way driving back to Milwaukee. Hopefully, we won't lose reception. Congratulations, uh, Anthony. Hi. Hi, Gary. Thank you very much. All right. So, Job well done, gentlemen. Yes, very well Thank done. Thank you. All right. Now, this long drive back, I bet you can't wait to get sleep in your own bed after five months, huh? Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> yesterday we had, we had a bit of a delay getting out of L.A., and then that caused us to get caught in some early L.A. traffic. So uh, we only got to Kingman, Arizona, which is where we planned on getting, but we planned on getting there like five hours earlier. So it was kind of a late night, but um, we stayed by our friend Charles Black last night. Um, we'll stay with another group of veterans that we met in New Mexico. 
So we're slowly and incrementally making our way back, but I'll tell you, it is marvelous to see, to be able to look down as you drive and not be able to identify <laughs> a rock as opposed to uh, seeing a thousand of them and just being able to number each one as you walk. I bet, I bet. I bet well you're, put. I bet you're really uh, speeding too, right? No, Trying to get home quick. no, not really. Like, <laughs> but I guess, I guess if you put it in the context of like three miles per hour and now like seventy something, yeah, then we're oh, definitely, definitely clipping along. But no, we try to keep it, try to keep it legal where we go, Gary. Right, right. That's true. That's very, very true. Now, what's what was your most exciting part of that walk? That whole twenty-seven miles, twenty-seven hundred miles. What was the most exciting part? Oh, man, it's so difficult to answer the questions like that because uh, over the last several days we've had, you know, what was your favorite part, what was the hardest part, what was the worst uh, part, all these things. And it was it's, it's difficult to answer for basically one reason, and that's every time I was asked that question, um, the walk was still going on. So the question was always brought up to that date. Now all of a sudden, like, the walk is over. And so I can think back on all these different experiences, and I haven't even had the opportunity to, like, uh, reflect on any of it, really. I mean, when we got to the finish line, my wife and daughter and sister and some friends um, and then supporters and stuff, they're all there, and it just hits you, and then it's, let's do this, we got to go here, talk to this person, we got to get pictures of this person. You can't even really soak in that you're done. Oh, I bet. Um then, you know, like walk down over here and there's an interview for this and it just kind of builds and builds and builds and all of a sudden you're like laying in bed that night and you're like, oh, I don't have to walk tomorrow. Okay. Anthony, <laughs> so what, do you so think what the, am I going to do? <laughs> I, do you think the adjustment, Anthony, back to uh, Milwaukee will be very different for you now that you've had this experience under your belt? I don't know. Before we left, I mentioned many times that I felt like preparing for the walk was a lot like getting ready for a deployment and that mm -hmm. you had to get all of your uh, personal affairs in order. The biggest difference in going on the walk in uh, preparing for a deployment scope was that I didn't prepare or plan a war, so I didn't have to worry about logistics of where was I going to sleep, what was I going to wear, all these mm -hmm. different things. As I got closer to the end, I started thinking more and more about how this is just like uh, coming home from a deployment and that right. now my family and my friends, they have these different expectations of me because I've done something that other people haven't done. I also haven't been home in a long time, in over five months, and I saw pictures like my wife repainted a bunch of rooms and got different furniture and rearranged <laughs> stuff and like I'm going to go home and I'm going to be home, but it'll be a period of adjustment. And then also like with my daughter, I think I saw her this weekend and we had a great time. She's only two years old. So mm -hmm. I have to adjust to being back around, you know, a, a toddler. I don't even know what her qualification is. She's not an infant, but a two year old again would be because it was difficult. So I think somewhere along the line, I'll, I'll feel that's not Milwaukee. Like I'm getting, like I am home. But even after, I think, for a couple of weeks, it'll be a bit of a transition. Wow. That's a good way to put it. Five yeah. months, it, it doesn't get undone overnight, but it is such an no. accomplishment that hopefully it will permit you to view things 
a little differently than coming home from a deployment. And I think I will be able to get to that point. It's just um, you have five months of day in, day out, new places, new people. Um, it's just everything is always new. And before I left, one of my one of my issues, I guess, was that I kind of isolated myself from everybody. I didn't really go out anymore. I I had explicitly said that I was not interested in meeting new people or making new friends. I'd said that on many occasions when people would say, why don't you ever go out or do anything anymore? <laughs> then I forced myself into that position. Um, you know, I mean, quite literally walking from town to town across all these miles and across these states, um, that took that took some getting used to even from me to be comfortable meeting new people, to be comfortable, even though they were very welcoming and very excited to have Tom and I at their home, it took a while for me to accept the fact that um, I was doing this. And so Mm -hmm. now when I go home, it's going to take me a little bit of time to accept that it's over and that now I have to do something else when uh, really, I mean, let's be honest, it's pretty easy. You know, like, it takes a lot of effort, but it's, like, the simplest thing you can do. You do it from the time you're eight months old. Now, all of a sudden, I have to go home, and my life will be very different. Um, and that will take getting used to, for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. You so know, we'll you're planning happens. a big party once you get back, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's being planned for us. Okay. So I'm, what day this is what I hear. This is what I hear on February 15th at okay. 1 o'clock at the Milwaukee County War Memorial, which is where we took our first steps um, on the journey. Um, Dry Hooch, the organization that we've been trying to raise donations for, they're putting on a uh, welcome home party for us. And I know that some of our friends and supporters that were there to see us off back in August will be there again. Um, and so I think, you know, that'll be a pretty fun time and hopefully that'll be the last day that we'll accept donations, um, for dry hooch through this project. So hopefully we'll be able to kind of get over that hundred thousand dollar goal. I think right now we sit, I have, I'd have to add up the numbers. It's been kind of busy the last few days, as I'm sure you can imagine. So I haven't (laughs) had a chance to uh, update exactly where we are, but I know we're somewhere around like seventy eight to eighty thousand dollars raised. So that's right. pretty good so far, I think, given that it's just uh Tom and myself doing this. Um it, it really demonstrates one, the power of social media. Uh two True. the belief the belief in people um doing something maybe altruistic that other people can get behind. And three, the need that people recognize veterans and their families have for additional support, either uh, coming home from war or getting out of the military, um, it does show those three things, the amount of money that just two people have been able to raise. And yes, we've had help. We've had partners such as yourself who've helped raise donations, help us with the word and all of that. But really, when people start to look at what Veterans Trek is, it boils down to two guys that decided it doesn't matter um, what the obstacles are going to be. It doesn't matter if we hit some, you know, uh, end-of-road gravel signs. It doesn't matter if we hit, um, you know, just any obstacle, I guess, really. We're just going to go ahead and do what what we feel we need to do. 
Um, and I think that people were able to get behind that. That's right. That's right. The, well, the numbers so ahead. far demonstrate that. Definitely. Well, Anthony, we want to thank you for taking the time on your on your quick drive back, hopefully, and uh, take it safely. And uh, we well, really hope- are proud of what you accomplished. Well, thank you. Uh, I know both Tom and I appreciate all the support we have um, we've, that we've received, that we currently have, and that hopefully we'll have in the future. Um, if everything goes right, we should get home this weekend, Monday at the latest, but I think probably more like Saturday. And that'll be nice to get home on a weekend when friends and family are available and get to see them, you know, right away. So, oh, definitely, definitely. Congratulations. Yeah, yes, congratulations. Anthony, this is Bill. Uh, one, uh, I've been listening, and one of the things that I would hope that you'd uh, take into consideration is that when you get back home to Milwaukee and you're having a, these kinds of interactions with veterans in the community, that at some time down the road you will come back and uh, begin to talk to us about the experience afterwards that you're having with uh, interacting with folks and how this experience of the Veterans Trek has helped you now to help veterans uh, for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll talk to you guys whenever you want. Tuesday morning is pretty simple. So, I mean, for as long as you guys want to discuss the transition, um, discuss uh, the impact of veterans, I mean, we still get messages from people that say, you know, you've really helped us, you know, in our own motivation to go get help and stuff like that. I think that the impact of this walk will, we can sustain it. You know, we just can't lose the lessons from it. So, yeah, I'd be more than happy to talk to you guys as often All as right. we can. Well, All that's right. great. That's that's veterans helping veterans. That's Absolutely. Right. Every every day, all day. If you want to get something right. done, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> that's correct. Again, it's time for that break. And again, Anthony, uh, to you both, uh, Tom and yourself, once again, congratulations. Okay? Thank you guys so and, much. Yep. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda and our guest Bill, Charles, and Jerry. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guests, Bill, Charles, and Jerry. And, Bill, why don't we start talking about our homeless vets? Give us a little information on that. Well, uh, homelessness in the veterans community, uh, uh, Gary, still remains a, a, a major area of concern. Uh, we've uh, we've made some progress, but we've still got a lot of work to do uh, in in addressing the uh, the veterans' uh, homelessness concern. And uh, I, I'm just happy and thankful today that we have uh, a good friend of ours, Jerry Black, who uh, operates a, a veterans facility on the Eastern Shore in in Maryland. And uh, I also have the opportunity, along with uh, Charlie Eggleston, who's here with us to serve on the board of the directors uh, for that facility. Jerry is the director. Uh, he works uh, ardently. Uh, he's, he's very much involved, and we were happy to be able to, to catch him this morning as he was going in uh, for some meetings. So, Jerry, why don't you tell us uh, how things are going and what we can expect with some new developments with the uh, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs as it relates to homelessness. Well, thank you, Bill, and, and good morning, everyone. Charles, it's good to hear from you. Um, it's, um, it's kind of a, a situation that's developed uh, in Washington or out of Washington that I kind of want to bring everybody up to speed on. Um, and it's actually hurting our program out here on the uh, eastern shore of Maryland. And I guess this is uh, one of those unintended consequences uh, that uh, sometimes develops when you take large sums of money and start throwing it at, at an issue. And, and basically that's what's happened here. We're in a situation where um, our contract with the, with the VA has grown. We've doubled in size. Uh, but at the same time, a... Um, a grant called the Supportive Services for Veteran Families uh, was released. Uh, I think it was a $300 million grant that, that went out. Next year's monies for that same grant will be around $600 million. Um, so the, the, the problem or the, the grant itself is growing. The, the issue that has developed, however, is that, um, and, and from what our understanding is, 
is it's a political-slash-philosophical debate going on inside of the VA right now. We've confirmed this through a couple of different tracks. But there's a, um, a move within the VA to use this money uh, or large sums of this money to basically shelter in place our homeless veteran community. And by that, I mean they're, they're approaching the problem of homelessness, which is many-faceted, um, and have gone on attack that they'll take a veteran off the streets and put them in an apartment, pay for the rent for several months, and um, I guess hope and pray that all of the issues and baggage that uh, created the, the circumstance of homelessness in the beginning will go away. And this is sort of a naive um, approach to a very difficult problem. Our program works in partnership with the VA, and um, as an emergent urgent shelter, we provide uh, shelter and, and necessary services for a veteran that may be coming in off the street or, or uh, out of the woods or may just, just find themselves homeless one morning. You know, you lose your job, you lose your, your, um, a, a divorce or your health or whatever the issue might be, and, and suddenly you find yourself in need. And what we were doing and, and what we were hoping to do was to you know, work with these veterans as they come in off the streets, get them in, uh, in and stabilized, get them hooked up to the VA for their medical and mental health benefits, and then send them to more longer-term programs within the VA where specific issues could be worked on. If we're talking mental health issues or addiction issues or a combination of both or physical health issues, the VA is the place for these veterans to be. And then the veteran would come back to us once they had completed successfully these programs, and we would work diligently then to get them jobs, get them the housing that they need, uh, and we're like 96, 97% successful at doing it under that model. But this new model has actually threatened the very survival of a very successful program because you've got the, this money that the, um, the VA has released that's, that's literally taking veterans that are either extremely at risk or absolutely homeless off the street, and and I, I you know, I, I guess we're, what we're saying is they're hiding them for political purposes in apartments because this literally takes the veteran off the radar when you do this. You no longer are required to follow up and make sure that mental health and that uh, uh, other rehab services are being. Uh, are being resourced or coordinated. You're no longer concerned as to where that veteran is during the day. And you can, under, this, under the terms of the grant as, as it exists today, possibly house a veteran for up to six months. Now, mind you, this program was meant to be a, pro, a preventative program, not proactive. So it was meant to help veterans and families stay in housing so that if they were in, found themselves in a situation where they couldn't make the rent or couldn't make an electric bill or if there was some emergency in the family, that's where the supportive services grant was supposed to come in. If there was counseling needed, whatever the service was in order to help that veteran family stay in a home. It was never meant to be proactive to pull a veteran off the street and literally just, you know, this housing first or, as I call it, shelter-in-place model where you just put them in, in, in an apartment and then hope that um, everything's going to be fine, you know, five or six months down the road, which my fear, and we're already seeing it happen, 
uh, you're compounding the situation, you're making the problem worse, uh, and, and we're already experiencing this, so this isn't anything that we're, we're imagining. We're, we're seeing problems being created, compounded by the fact that veterans that weren't ready to be in independent living are now finding themselves without food, without means to pay for electric bills, becoming desperate again, and we all know what happens when people become desperate. Uh, bad decisions are made, uh, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that we don't see the suicide rate goes up, go up as a result of this, but this is a very dangerous um, situation uh, that's developing right now as we speak. Hey, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry you, big question to you. This is Charles Eggleston speaking to you. I, I get what you're saying. So you're basically saying that the HUD VA Supportive Housing Initiative Program is being superimposed over top of by the, what they call the SSVF, which is yep. Supportive Service Veterans Family Program. And by them tr transposing these two programs together, they're basically knocking an initiative with, which came from the secretary directly months ago that it's supposed to be a transitional period, that they're supposed to go through services such as yours before they engage a program such as what you're speaking about. That may, you Absolutely. Know, Absolutely. The that, came, it came down from a meeting um, out here on the Eastern Shore. We had representatives from the VA come down out of, out of uh, Philadelphia and the takeaway, now a lot, of was, a lot was discussed, but the takeaway, the big news item that flashed on everybody's uh, screen was that, hey, now we can take a homeless veteran off the street, regardless of income, and put them in, a, in an apartment, pay for the apartment. And, and um, the only caveat being, and, I, and, and there was a caveat, uh, being that they had to have some sort of viable plan or um, program in mind in which the veteran would eventually be able to take and take responsibility for rent and utilities and, and their and, and other bills. And that viable plan, though, and, and this is important, that viable plan could read simply as the veteran is looking for work. As long as the caseworker wrote something like that down, then they could place a, uh, a homeless veteran, literally somebody just pull them right out of the woods and put them into, um, into housing. So you can see this is, this is something very dangerous. It's... I think politically motivated uh, because it's highly uh, legal. First of all, because a, a, it's fraud and I say that a, that's a scenario like that is highly illegal because that's that's set precedent for fraud and waste and abuse. It's, it's no very, other way to look at it. We're in the very gray area here, and we're we're already seeing it. Here 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 we are providing emergency services for homeless veterans, and in January our numbers fell down to almost zero veterans in-house, and we know what's going on. It's because it, there are certain interests and certain parties that are pushing this, this uh, what I call shelter-in-place model, and uh, they're taking these guys and putting them in, into apartments. We've already got phone calls. Our, our program, even though we're, we're so low on numbers, which means we don't get paid by the VA to do anything, we're on a per diem basis, which for those that are listening, that means unless there's a veteran in the bed, the VA doesn't pay us a dollar. Yet, I'm now running food and helping veterans meet electric bills because they can't afford, they literally can't afford to be where they are. And now, as a result of that, they're running up debt and they're being told mm -hmm. that they've signed a year lease and they can't leave and, and their electric bills are, are mounting and, and it's, it's just 
a very tough situation for a lot of guys that uh, we have firsthand experience with out here. So I know if it's here, it's it's everywhere. And um, I know that uh, from a meeting that we had Friday with the VA, that there is a lot of concern and a lot of struggle going on within the, the VA right now uh, as to what to do about this. So some people you talk to and they're like, oh, no, we would never do that. Others are doing it. We know firsthand. Hey, Jerry, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut in on this again. Well, uh, excuse me, uh, Charles? Yeah, yeah. Let's, I, I we're going to take a quick break. When we that. come back, we'll go right, right to you with your question. Is that okay? No problem. No problem. Sounds all right, great. all right. We'll take that quick break. Thirsty yet? Stand by. Keep checking our website. Coming soon. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda and our guests, Bill, Charles, and Jerry. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Bill, Charles, and Jerry. And just, this is unbelievable. But uh, you were just ready to ask a question, Charles? Yes, I was. Uh, what my understanding from you, uh, Jerry, that you were saying that the, the basically the VA, well, you was told by the VA um, through some source, uh, which is highly illegal, 
the maximum presses and the maximum period um, given to with the program you're saying is six months. It's such as to get them up on their feet. But most places, I understand exactly what you're saying, they require a year-to-year lease, and then you go month-to-month after that. So this would be an ultimate breach of contract, and under the Safe Housing and HUD VA Supportive Housing Act program that was passed by Congress two years ago, uh, I doubt very seriously that HUD would sign off on a VA function such as that. And I would I would question, you know, the validity of whatever information that trickled down, you know, from your source. But maybe I, 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 I ask Bill or, you know, or one of the other gentlemen that uh, posed this question, it just seemed Ill, illogical for you to take a, a veteran that could possibly be in trouble, a drug abuser, whatever the case is, as most of you know, some of us are, and just stick them in an apartment unsupervised to do as he may. They basically what terminate his own life without any type of supervision. That sounds irrational at, at best. What do you think about it, man? That's why this well, is I'm so wondering scary. if there's and, a disconnect. And understand, if, okay. I'm not giving you a hypothetical. I know of, of cases out here on the Eastern Shore where the veterans have been placed in housing that they can't afford. They're calling us for help with their electric bill. They're calling us to bring food to their homes. So this isn't, you know, Jer- Jerry, uh, I think you're happen. right, um, because the families that I serve will call me and say, if I lose my home, I can get help. If I need emergency electric or emergency heating, etc., I can't get a hold of it. But going back to what Charles was saying, I'm unfamiliar with the HUD report, so forgive me if I'm mixing these up. But is there a disconnect between HUD and the VA so that they don't understand the repercussions of what's going on? Um, I'm sensing that there is. I, I believe there's a left-hand right issue going on inside the VA. As I say, there's a, a philosophical, political debate going on right now. Um, but the, the, the issue, you know, what we're seeing is, is, uh, veterans that could maybe have a small amount of money, small amount of income are being put into apartments that they can't afford. We know for a fact that the, uh, the grant, the, the people that are stewards of these grants have been told that they absolutely can take a veteran off the street that has no income, that doesn't have a job and put them in these apartments. And Charles is correct. The period of time that the uh, grant would cover them is up to six months, three months guaranteed, and then there's three months of one-month extensions. And then at the end of that time, uh, the veteran's left holding the bag. Um, it's, it's a pretty serious situation. It's not what the grant was intended for. It's being, um, uh, you know, they're, they're coloring into the gray areas here. They're, they're treading into some deep water that, as Charles says, could have some very serious consequences. We know that a veteran left to his own devices that gets desperate again, you know, now they find uh, one more time the wheels have been pulled off the wagon, that suicide rates do go up, um, and left, left to their own devices in an apartment with no, no case management to speak of. Uh, you're, just, you're, you're just looking at, at a disastrous scenario, all, all for what I believe, uh, for political purposes here. Jerry, I'm, I'm a little confused. Does the VA place them in these apartments, or are these grants given to third-party nonprofits or other groups so that the VA is maybe not aware that this is happening? 
Okay, well, first, it, the first part of your question is, yes, these are third-party organizations such as churches and other okay. shelters. And to the All second right. part of your question, it is, though, monitored by the VA. And in our particular case, someone came down from the Philadelphia office at VA, met with these particular grant uh, award uh, organizations that were awarded the grant, and told them, this is the interpretation that you can apply, this is what you can do, um, if you deem, you know, this veteran uh, to be, you know, capable of living on their own or put them in an apartment. And um, you and I both know then that that kind of opens the door. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I said, the takeaway from that meeting was you can take a veteran off the street with no income and put them into housing. And um, we're already seeing the effects of that, that that's not a good, there, good plan. Is there VA follow-up? For, the, for health care? Um, is the there a once-a-month check-in? The is there anything? Are to provide case management, that means one day out of a month they're supposed to drive by and make sure that the veteran's there and that uh, they're okay. They do that for three months, and then even that very little bit of case management is gone. Oh, boy. Hey, Jerry, big question for you. Where yes, are you sir. located? Are you, are you on the eastern shore of Pennsylvania or are you on the eastern shore of Texas? Where are you located? Are you on the we're eastern on the east, shore of Maryland? We're on the eastern shore of Maryland. So why are you being dictated from Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> I can't understand that composite. I believe that that's where the SSVF grant is administered from nationally. Really? SSV grant is well, administered it's the services from for veterans families. Vermont Street. All right, all right, all right. let's go. Cool. No problem. Right, now, was, you mentioned this is for down. families as well. So, uh, Jerry, are you seeing this happen to not just single veterans who may be on their own and isolated? Is it happening for families? I'm sure it is. We don't deal with families ourselves, obviously. We're, we're working with the single male uh, population. Right. Again, the original intent of the program was to work with families, and it was mm-hmm. to be a preventative program to help them stay in the housing. Um, mm-hmm. And what's happened is is that I'm sure someone figured out that they could work a little bit of of uh, wiggle room here, and they've they've gone out and lassoed a, a part of the community that this this grant was never intended to to go out and serve. So it's it's one of these areas again. I'm I'm, I'm I know for uh, uh, right up front, straight with meetings that we had in Friday at, at, uh, at the VA, that there is a debate going on inside of the VA right now. This is, this is a struggle right now between those that want to use this housing first model, or as I call it, shelter in place, and or stay with programs like ours that, you know, deal with the issues and, and work with the VA in order to get a, a person to a point where they could live independently or maybe in a semi-independent uh, uh, housing. So they're really just put, kicking the can down the road in terms of the actual rehabilitation of the veteran? Is that what you're saying? That's my, my interpretation of this. Remember that the Secretary uh, Shinseki made a promise that he was going to end homelessness for uh, veterans by 2015, and as we get closer mm-hmm. to that target date... Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, again. There's a political motivation behind this to keep that promise. So well, yeah, we'll hide, them away. we'll hide them away. This is my opinion, but uh, I'm seeing it happen. So I, I believe what it is is a decision is right. made to hide them away, and then six months down the road, uh, they'll figure out what to do. Um, 
as my experience with a lot of these type government programs is six months down the road, maybe there'll be somebody who'll come out and say, well, we'll, we'll extend them some, for another couple of months. So I said the grant for next year, the mm-hmm. money is doubled. Wow. Yeah. Now, Jerry, that what can be just, done? That's crazy. What, what can be done yeah. to change this? I hope I someone from the VA is listening to change it, you know, because uh-huh. that is not the model that we speak about in department, you know, secretary meetings. You know, so that that is egregious at best. At best, well, it would be egregious. What I'm thinking is is that there's middle management here that's that's doing this, and it, of course, insulates other people away from it um, for plausible deniability, but this is happening. It's, it's happening in a very large scale. Right. Wow. So, Jerry, if you had a magic wand, who would you go if I had a magic wand, who would I um, take to this? Well, we're already taking this to our local, our state senators, federal senators, and congressmen. Uh, we're, we're very much bringing this issue uh, uh, to the table here. Thankfully, we're just, what, 60 miles outside of D.C. So um, they don't, you know, those that are interested uh, don't have to go very far, drive very far, and we can take them to the doorsteps of these veterans that are now desperate. Um, so, and, and you also, you know, something like the, this the needs comparison? to be sorted out, rooted out, to figured you. out where where this new edict came down, and uh, and hopefully uh, get get things turned around. But it's it's tough because, as I said, there's there's it, it is a debate right now inside the VA. Yeah, it's a way to do. Are things. you able, Jerry, to take yeah. metrics from the way you have done it with your program and the 360 approach? And compare it to this one. I can only look at what uh, when HUD tried this housing first model, and it was it was a failure. They don't they don't do that anymore. Right. Um, certainly, it works. You know, in, in particular circumstances and in, in sets of circumstances, it, you can you can always find an example of a family that this would you know would work for. But in broad terms, this is not a good solution, particularly when you're dealing with the homeless community. I'm not talking about a, a, an at-risk family that has come into hard times because a car broke down or something like that. But you're talking about the homeless veteran community where we're talking about a, uh, just a, a huge laundry list of issues that has brought them to where they where they end up on our doorstep. Everything from post-traumatic stress, to traumatic brain injury, to um, mental health issues, to physical health issues. We're still dealing with homelessness from the Vietnam era. And to think that right. um, the, the new answer is just put them in an apartment and, uh, you know, we'll check on them once a month at best. That's, that's not a good solution, I can tell you that. Right. Yeah, check, well, on one, check on them up to six months. And then we kick him back out of the street, and he doesn't qualify for this program for another year. So now yeah. I'm a new I'll, homeless veteran. I'll bet you money right now that in six months, all of a sudden, there'll be a new edict that comes down from Washington to keep extending them. That's just my my. Uh, I, I my doubt opinion. it because that, was, that, <laughs> that will over, overwhelm the system as it stands. And right. you have every you have every homeless person. Or someone posing to be homeless, or they bring a homeless person in saying, hey, he needs housing, and he'll still be homeless, and someone else will be squatting in his spot. That's you how know, you get know fraud it. and abuse. Rather than Gentlemen. having a transitional home such as yours, 
that can basically counter that approach. Yeah, as, I, as I said, our model, the way we've been doing it, you know, the 360 model has been 96, 97% successful in, in helping the, the veteran to transition back into society. Um, I shudder to think what's going to happen here. And if we lose one veteran, and, and I mean this, if we lose one veteran to suicide because he sat there in the apartment and realized that the rent's going to be due next month and the electric bills have been running up for the last six months, um, then that's just one veteran too many because of what I think is a political decision here. Gentlemen, if we could hold that thought for just a minute, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda and our guests, Bill, Charles, and Jerry. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Bill, Charles, and Jerry. And, Bill, you had a good question during break. Well, yes, Gary. I, I, I just wanted to pose to, uh, to Jerry Black uh, about alternatives 
And one of the areas uh, in alternatives uh, dealing with education and training with some of the local institutions in the area and uh, how that would fit in to try to help the situation along as far as our homeless veterans are concerned. Well, thanks, Bill, because that's actually an area where we're, as a board of directors, as you know, in our last meeting, we discussed this at length. And um, looking nationally, looking at what's going on, where is the most success uh, with programs like ours? What are, what are they doing? What are they doing different than we're doing? A lot of the, the very successful programs that we're seeing have an education training component to them that right now we don't have. Now, we're a new program. We're three years, uh, well, going into our fourth year of operation. But we're at that point in time now where we've got the stability and we've got uh, our legs under us, and we're looking at partnering up with universities such as University of Maryland out here or University of Salisbury to bring programs that um, would help a veteran find a job or, or enhance their skill sets so that they can become more employable. And, and some of the programs that we're looking at right now would be like a culinary school 15-week program in which a veteran could leave and maybe be a prep cook. We're looking at a maintenance program. We're looking at landscape architecture, wildlife program. We're on 50 acres of ground out where our camp is located at Camp Royal Oak. Um, and so we're looking at some agricultural programs, perhaps a dog training center for post-traumatic stress dogs since the VA is not doing that anymore. So what we're thinking about is we're, we're, we're going to be providing the, the shelter and services that we do, but that community that's living there can also then go to school while they're there. We're also looking and talking with the VA about employing the compensated work therapy program, which right now in our particular business is only being used in VA hospitals, but we know other visits are taking it out to programs such as ours where the veteran can get paid for the work that they're doing. So we're thinking that that's the next step. We're, uh, obviously, we've got some successful programs out there that are already proven it. They're already doing it. So we're not reinventing or we're not inventing the wheel here. We're just going to f- follow and emulate the successful programs. We think that that's where the success for the future, when you're talking about homeless veteran community, that that's going to be something that many, many of these men and women are going to want to look at. I, I totally agree with you, uh, Jerry, and I think this will maintain the structure that we've always had in this program and it will also continue the goals and objective setting so that uh, our veterans have something to look for, forward to with hope and expectation and to get them back out in the community being productive citizens. Absolutely. We've got to get away from the, the shelter programs. We need to, to move and advance this a little bit further down the road now, particularly when you're talking about a veteran community, which is compared to the civilian homeless community, you know, this is a very educated population that we're dealing with. So, and they're, and they're a disciplined community, and they were successful. They're honorably discharged veterans. They were successful in military environments. So we put them in, into our program. Our program is not only the school, but it's the job center and it's, it's the, the shelter or the home while you're there, the residence while you're there. I think that's where we need to go, and, I, and we're getting a lot of support inside the VA to take that track. 
Well, it's certainly a thought outside of the box, and we've got to be forever uh, thinking about new ideas and approaches to move this situation along because, uh, as we all know, uh, we, we, we're going to see between now and the end of the year a, a significant drawdown, almost eliminating our, our forces in Afghanistan, and these individuals are primarily going to be returning to their homes and community, and uh, we've got to be ready uh, for them because I think there's going to be a certain percentage of those individuals will probably end up in a homeless type of setting uh, to be able to deal with them and address their concerns and needs. I, I agree with you, Bill. I mean, we've got some some of those young vets in our place in our, in our program right now. One one uh, one veteran, high end post traumatic stress, comes home. Mom and dad have passed away. No job, no place to go. Um, but, you know, our veterans deserve more than than uh, a place on a street corner. They they should be, you know, looked after and encouraged to go into programs like ours that will help them move. Uh, successfully back into society and stop this thing where we cross our fingers and hope and pray that everything's going to turn out okay. Certainly this, this model of putting veterans, at-risk veterans, into housing without the proper case management, without a program of any type or structure of any type, these are people that deal and, and are successful in structured, structured programs. Let, let's go with what we know. They're successful in those environments. Let's give them those environments to be successful in. All right. Well, we only have a minute or two left. And Bill, Charles, and Jerry, thanks for being on our show today. Uh, what would you like to share in, uh, with our listeners in closing, Jerry, including your web address? Well, the, you can check us out at uh, VSCOA, V-S-C-O-A, stands for Veterans Support Centers of America.org. Um, we can always use your help out there. If you want to get uh, call your congressman, senator, or let them know that you're, you're hearing some disturbing news of what's going on with our homeless veteran community. Maybe voice your opinion. We could always use that support. Um, and I just want to say it is such an honor uh, to be able to serve our men and women that have served our country. Um, for me, every day is just is, is a wonderful day to be able to deal with these guys and gals. So I want to thank um, the, the VA for allowing us to have this opportunity. But at the same time, they need to be doing the right thing. It's not a throw of money at the problem. It, it's it's let's let's stick with what we know works and, right. and work our way through it. Well, thank you, Jerry. Uh, Charles, I just want to say. Uh, yeah, my heart go out to operations like yours, Jerry. Um, you're not the only service like that here that's getting stepped on. This has happened across the nation. And I hope the White House hear this and start counteracting on the vices they put ahead. This is egregious, and it's just not patriotic-like. All, right. All right, so All right. thanks. Thank, thank you, Charles. Bill? Well, Jerry, thank you for being with us today. We certainly appreciate the information that you've provided to us. We're going to continue to work with you, and hopefully we'll look for some ways, uh, maybe through uh, financial independence, to uh, help that operation over there uh, and uh, become a, a, a little bit more independent than uh, we have been and to move towards those goals and objectives that we know that holds promises for our veterans. 
Right. Again, great. Today's show has been brought to you by First Class Merchant Services and Brave Marketing Concepts. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime anywhere and on any device. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda signing off and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Say goodbye everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. America wants you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.